What does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church on a Sunday morning, but by Monday, can any of us remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our time on just making it through the week, helping our children with online school, balancing our job and our family life, finding time for our spouse or our significant other. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday. Did you know that in a week there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending only 80 of those focusing on our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast, uh, where we want to bring God into your 10,000 minutes each and every week. Uh, my name is Sawyer Trapp, and I'm our associate pastor here to Rise Church Denver. And we're so glad that you decided to listen today. If you haven't clicked the subscribe button, go ahead and click that right now. Make sure you get in our podcast each and every week and share it with a friend. If this speaks to you, if it encourages you, if it challenges you, then pass it on to somebody else. We'll turn it over to our lead pastor, Matt Wolf. Hey, everybody. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. I'm excited to be back with you guys. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Today, mm-hmm. we are going to dive a little bit deeper as we do in this podcast into what I was um, talking about in my message this past Sunday. That's right. Uh, in a message called Straight Jacket. <laughs> yes. Straight Jacket. You can find that message, of course, on arisedenver.com slash media. You can get the audio, video, transcript. So get it. Yep. I uh, ho- hope it will provide like the, ba- the baseline for this because we're talking about the freedom we have in Christ. Right. That rules that God gives us aren't like a straight jacket that bind us in, but they give us the freedom to live in God's to enjoy God's life that yeah, he has for us. And that really is so important. And instead of viewing it as constricting, it's actually freeing and mm-hmm. empowering. Um, you know, I, I shared in one of the services, uh, just the, <laughs> like when you're driving on I-70, and like there's a huge cliff on the side, and if you like ran into the guardrail, <laughs> it saves your life, and you're like, oh, it dinged up my fender. That's right. My car. Oh, I hate this guardrail. Like, you're totally missing the point. Like, that guardrail just saved your family's life mm-hmm. and tens of thousands of dollars in damage <laughs> to your vehicle um, and a, a big cleanup crew, right? So there's things that, that God has in his law, which is shown to us in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. who is the culmination, the end of the law, that when we follow Jesus, it's actually good for us and free. Right. So that was the basic concept that... Following Jesus isn't bondage, it's blessing, mm-hmm. and we need to change our mindset that way. And as I was reflecting on it more, I realized that one of the reasons why people struggle with this is because we think there are way more rules than they actually are. Well, the, the Bible has a lot of rules, Matt. The Bible does have a lot of rules, and yet people put even more rules on top of it. Mm. Like, um, the Pharisees are the best example of it. The word Pharisee even literally means like fence builder. Right. So what they're doing is like, here's the law, but we're going to lay these fences around the law so that you don't get anywhere near it. Mm-hmm. And um, so the freedom we have in Christ, one, we are not under the law. Right. In a sense that Old Testament Israel was, here's the Ten Commandments, here's you know all these Levitical laws, <laughs> here's you know all this stuff that they specifically had to do because they were a nation under a law, just mm-hmm. like we as Americans are a nation under a law. Right. We are not under that law. We are free in Christ. We're not uh, under even uh, like any of the Jewish laws, rules, regulations, foods, eating, purity. Like we're not under any of it. Romans ten four very clearly says that Jesus Christ is the end of the law, mm-hmm. the culmination, the finality. It is all finished because Jesus perfectly met all the criteria and regulations and rules of the law. So we're not under it. 
And yet it does say, like in the verse we looked at in James, that mm-hmm. we're uh, under the perfect law that gives freedom. Right. In chapter 2 of James, it, it talks about the royal law that we're under, which is talking about Jesus Christ, that we follow Jesus. He's our king. Right. So it's not like through Jesus, we don't have any rules. I don't know. I don't know if you've seen, there's a silly little Caesars commercial okay. where the guy walks in and it reads on the sign, there's no rules. And so he starts taking off his shirt. And then there you hear from the kitchen, put your shirt back on. And then he said, there's one rule. And with the idea that you can get little Caesars anytime you want, but there still is rules, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So- <laughs> There still is, because Jesus is your king, you're right. going to want to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, mm-hmm. right? And, and that is pretty all-encompassing. Right. And Jesus says, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. <laughs> um, so it's a, still an extremely high standard, and Absolutely. we don't do it in order to earn favor with God. It's not mm-hmm. to save ourselves, but we're doing it because we're in a relationship. We honor Jesus. We want to respect him. We want to bring glory to his name. So we're following him. So in that, I'm saying that even with that, we have way more rules than are actually the way we're supposed to live. Hmm. So I, I, I thought maybe this would be helpful. So I wanted to talk through it with Sawyer. Yeah. And, and you guys kind of get to overhear it. That <laughs> really, we mix up, and I think this is the problem, we mix up different categories. Okay. And that's why we get into some trouble. So there, I'm going to give you guys three different categories for ways to look at how we should live. Mm-hmm. And if you can differentiate these three things well enough in your mind, prayerfully, spiritually, then it's going to actually help you find more freedom in your life. And other people around you won't think, wow, you're living with a straight jacket <laughs> on because you're a Christian. Right. So the three areas are command, conviction, and choice. Three okay. different areas. There are commands of Scripture. There are commands that Jesus gives us. And if he's our master, we follow and listen mm-hmm. and we obey. There are convictions that are personal things that we are convinced in our mind that I need to do this, that this is right, this is the way things should be done. Okay. Then there's the third thing, that there's choices, that we make a choice. And maybe we're not even like super convinced one way or the other, but we're like, you have to make, at some point, you have to make a choice. <laughs> right. Or, or as Rush said, if you choose, if you decide not to decide, you still have made a choice. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> if you choose not if to If you decide, choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. You still make yeah. a choice. So at some point, we all make decisions. Even not making a decision is a decision. Mm-hmm. In those things, we're not saying that choice in itself is, is spiritual or important. Right. But it's a choice and everybody makes choices in their life. Absolutely. So if we could just break down all the things we do into those three different categories, I think it would help us feel the freedom that we actually have in Christ. Right, because I think I think what you're getting at is that often the things that we think are maybe biblical commands are maybe more convictions or maybe even choices, but we've, we've elevated them to this level. So we feel like we have all these obligations and rules. We feel like we're in this straitjacket. Yes. But the reality is, is that God has only outlined these certain things. And yes, they're important things we want to follow. And the Bible is very clear on these. But what we do is we elevate other things to that equal level. And so it feels like we have all of these things to do. Correct. And it's not only for ourselves, but it becomes even worse for other people. Oh, yeah, for sure. So one person has a conviction. Mm-hmm. And then when they say it, especially if there's someone with spiritual authority, whether a parent or a pastor, mm-hmm. then it becomes a command in a lot of people's eyes. Mm-hmm. And they mix it up. And sometimes even the person with the conviction mixes up with the command. But so then when they're saying, I have this conviction, it becomes a command for another person. And then it becomes restrictive. Yeah, absolutely. So l- let me just give you an example. This morning in the news, this is a secular example. Okay. This is the, the, <laughs> the title of an article I read. D.C. Mayor Bans Dancing at Weddings. 
Man, okay. it's like a Footloose situation. Exactly. That's what it said <laughs> in like the first section. Right. This is Footloose. They're doing it, of course, for COVID, but they're... they're oh, okay. Yeah, you know, that makes sense. But they're banning dancing at weddings. You it's, can, a, it's a really good clickbait title, though. Well done. Whoever thought of yes, that. Yeah. Great. And, and this is literally what it says in it. Um, it's an extra layer of safety. See, there's that extra fence. Okay. We don't want you to sure. get anywhere near... Passing COVID to another person un- right. unnecessarily. On a dance floor. Because when people, this is what it says, stand and dance, their behavior changes. <laughs> so very footloose. <laughs> For example, I, I'm still reading, people are more likely to get close and touch each other. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Problematic. Problematic. And if people are close and touching, oh my gosh. If you read that like without knowing about COVID, you were like, we're going back to footloose. That's right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, but so obviously they have in mind that they want people to be safe and, and distanced and yeah, they don't want people to touch each other. But yeah, out of that context, it's very much like you're just adding rules upon rules. And, adding extra yeah. rules. So if the command is don't give someone COVID-19, which I think is, or, or don't harm another person. Right. We're commanded to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, so to do someone harm, harm, I'm not, I'm not saying hurting someone's feeling. I'm saying actual harm to another person is wrong. Like we would say that's a command even as Christians. Mm-hmm. Now, it might be my conviction that uh, that people shouldn't be dancing at weddings cuz it's too close. Or or it's my choice not to dance at weddings okay. or not attend a wedding or whatever it is. Or yeah. not attend the wedding. Yeah, so there's all these different levels and when we elevate one mm. of those levels above where it actually is, that's when people get mad. People are super angry about this article, right? <laughs> How could DC do this? We're going to footloose like restricting our freedom. That's yeah. what people, you know, are are so mad about. Right. And I'm not trying to give a social commentary at all on that you can decide what <laughs> send me an email if you think i'm crazy for bringing that up but, but mwolf at arisedenver.com no. it does remind me that a lot of people and this is more from like our grandparents generation mm-hmm. we're taught dancing is sinful right dancing is sinful so dancing got elevated to the level of command mm-hmm. card playing um i'm trying to right. think rock and roll rock and roll got elevated to the level of command Mm-hmm. Now, is there something in Scripture that says, do not dance? No, and actually the opposite. In fact, the opposite. <laughs> we are commanded to dance. Right. Um, to celebrate in a worship, in a worship sense, sense. yes. You could argue that may, maybe. Right. But I, I do think that there is even biblical example, like Jesus talks about dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there is references to dancing outside of worship. Right, even. right. So yes, uh, it seems like, okay, dancing is not a command of the Bible, do not dance. Mm-hmm. It's not in the Ten Commandments. It's not going to be in the words of Jesus, do not dance. So we would say it's not a command. So what happened? Why do people feel like this is a command? Or, or you know, in middle America in <laughs> 1955, it was a command. Or right. I don't even know when Footloose took place. Do you know, like, the, the time frame? I thought it was a long time since I like the sixties well, or seventies. Yeah, but wasn't it referencing like past? I don't know. I don't know either. Okay, um, we we're not the movie buffs that you thought we were. <laughs> um, but the point is, like, that was somebody's conviction. It was somebody's conviction because if young men and young nineteen seventy nine, nineteen seventy nine. Oh, even I thought so. I think it was pretty I later. Yeah. yeah. So if young men and young women are dancing, they are getting close to each other. Mm-hmm. Their behavior is changing, and it could lead to actual sin, mm-hmm. like sexual immorality, which is a command. Right. You shall have no sexual immorality. Like, that's, that's commanded stuff again and again in Scripture. Mm-hmm. But sex outside of the covenant of marriage is sin. Mm-hmm. Very clear in Scripture. That's a command. But now you've created the fence where you can't even dance because it could lead to the sin of sexual immorality. Right. 
So one person's conviction on that mm-hmm. became a command. Now, I honestly don't think that conviction is a bad one, even mm-hmm. though I have danced. Oh, <gasps> yes. So this is what I would want to say. Like, there's, there's actually biblical uh, instruction for having convictions. We should have some convictions. Um, in Romans chapter 14, verse 5, it says, One person considers one day more sacred than mm-hmm. another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Yeah. You should prayerfully have a conviction about perhaps dancing. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you can. So some people have prayed about it. They've thought about it. They've searched the scriptures. And they say, wow, I don't think that dancing is good. So, And if you're the leader, you're the parent of the family, or you're the principal of the school, you could say, hey, we're not going to have dances in mm-hmm. on our school. We're not going to do that in my household. But if that's your conviction, you need to be very clear with people. This is my conviction on this. And I think that's where it gets confused because then people hear it, oh, we were commanded, we cannot dance because it's sinful. No, 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 it's not a command. It's a conviction. Right. Somebody else might not have that same conviction. They Mm -hmm. say, I think dancing is fine. I've been able to dance. I go salsa dancing or whatever. Right. I think it also, I mean, I think especially with dancing, it often depends upon what kind of dancing you're engaging in. It could, yeah. It it could. So it could be my personal choice. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it is, I'm I'm cool to do this type of dancing, but not twerking, okay? (laughs) Not because it's bad, because nobody wants to see me twerk, okay? (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Thanks for putting that image in, you know, uh, go gosh. So, but but yeah, so these three different levels. Command, conviction, choice. Mm-hmm. Be clear which one is which. Because if it's command, it is for God's people for all time. It's important. Right. Actually, for all people. Like, there are commands that are not just for God's people, mm-hmm. that are good. That there are command in Scripture, it's good for all people. This is what I was talking about on Sunday. Yeah. You know? But there's also convictions we have. We should have convictions. Mm-hmm. We should hold them firmly. But we should also... Like And by firmly, I mean, like, you don't let go. This is my conviction. I am fully convinced in my own mind of this. But that's in my own mind. Right. I'm not going to put that conviction onto another person. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, this is my conviction. I'm convinced of it. I know that for me, I should not do this. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's best. But then there's also the choice. I don't have a strong conviction. Right. I have to weigh this. And there's some scripture about choice as well. In um, 1 Corinthians um Chapter 10, verse 23, it says, I have the right to do anything, you Mm -hmm. say, but not everything is beneficial. Mm -hmm. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. So that's the choice thing, okay? This isn't even a conviction, but we are prayerfully considering, okay, I am free to do this thing, but just because you're free to drink glass doesn't mean you should do it. We don't need a command of Scripture not to drink glass. We don't need a conviction that you shouldn't drink glass. You should just choose not to do it because it's not beneficial, right? Right. And I, I think as we think about, like, so if, if it isn't explicitly commanded against or commanded for in Scripture, as we try to make these choices and convictions, I love what it says in that next verse, that no one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Mm. That it isn't just about what we want, like our opinions and thoughts and what's going to benefit us, but as we seek to make these, as we have all this freedom to make these choices and develop these convictions, mm-hmm. That we do it for the benefit of others. That if, if we're in an environment where, you know, we're surrounded by recovering alcoholics and yes, we could, you know, have a beer or have a, an adult beverage and you're like, well, maybe right now I, 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 I don't have to have that drink. Yeah. We look at the benefit of others as we seek um, to, you know, make those choices and convictions. Yes. So I think this is really good. Where, where the scriptures are clear, we should be clear. That's mm-hmm. a command. Where yeah. the scriptures are less clear or silent... We can develop convictions, or maybe we say that's the area of choice. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so know these. Like I remember vividly when I was in fifth grade, uh, my fifth grade Sunday school teacher, awesome guy. Like mm-hmm. the fact that this dude would go in with this group of <laughs> fifth and sixth grade boys and, and be there for us. He took us bowling. Like awesome guy. There you he go. gave us this list like a multi-page document <laughs> we had to go through. Have you ever done this? And some of them were like, have you ever drank alcohol? Have you ever smoked marijuana or whatever? But one of them was, have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? Mm, mm-hmm. And I had just played Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, no. I didn't know that was a sin. <laughs> Guess what? It's not a sin. Okay? <laughs> That's not a command in Scripture. Thou shalt not play Dungeons and Dragons. Okay? Um, you might have a conviction that Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons is too demonic, or you might have a choice. Well, that's pretty nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to play Dungeons and Dragons. But it, this was like, in my mind, I was like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, there are some scriptures that talk about, you know, don't have a partnership with demons. Right. Don't um, do seances. Yeah. Don't consult mediums. Like, these yeah. are demonic clear magic commands. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yes, mediums are growing in popularity right now. Mm-hmm. So, if you're hearing this, there is commands in scripture. Don't go to mediums. We can talk about that on another podcast. <laughs> but there is a command there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, demons are bad. Right. We can all agree on that. <laughs> Conviction, I'm not going to participate that. Or choice, meh, I don't really want to. Or, right. Or I do. So, we just need to be clear about that. We need to be clear about it with our kids. We need to be clear about it in our churches. So, mm-hmm. we're trying to be clear about that with you what those three differences are. Can, can you think of another instance, Sawyer, where we could use this filter to help people figure out where their freedom is in Christ? What I was thinking about, and maybe because you brought it up, I think kind of in a similar vein was like the Harry Potter books when I was growing up okay, was another sure. thing. But that's very similar to what you talked about already. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when you're trying to decide, should I read this book? Right. The other thing that I was thinking about is um, engaging with technology. Okay. Um, whether or not you, or whether or even not, or when you should get kids a cell phone, like the sure. responsibilities that you have around that of making sure that they're um, using it in good ways. And maybe, you know, the Bible obviously says to engage with anything with biblical wisdom. And, and obviously, it doesn't talk explicitly about cell phones and what mm-hmm. to watch. But I think there's, you know, direct, direct examples of, you know, Jesus not calling people not just to not have adultery, but to not look. <laughs> at a woman or a person with lust. And so preventing your children and preventing yourself from that matter yep. of putting yourself in situations where you might encounter, encounter content that causes you to lust, I think is something that we need to consider and think about or just engaging things that are beneficial. I think a lot of social media is neutral, but a lot of it leads us to, you know, dislike others or be angry towards one another. And, and I think there's a lot of things that as we look at the Bible, it may not be directly explicit on, but has a lot of good information as we develop those choices and convictions. That's really good. And I do think that how widespread social media is, mm-hmm. how we have to use the internet pretty much to live nowadays. Right. I mean, I I think if, I mean, whether you're in school, whether you're, you know, in your workplace, yeah. whether I mean, you're connecting with, with, with people. Maybe some few rare exceptions. Everybody's using the internet. So mm-hmm. so we got to figure out what are the commands. Right. Okay, don't look at someone lustfully. That would apply to lust. Okay, don't steal. Okay, that means what you're downloading. Okay, there's command. There's mm-hmm. a clear command of scriptures on some of these things. Uh, coveting. Coveting. Okay. I think it's a big yeah, one. You're scrolling man. through Instagram. You're like, man, I wish I had that house or that, that life or yeah. that wife or whatever it is, you know? There was a term for it that came out last summer, but... More and more people were just like browsing on Zillow. Oh, okay. 
Like this is a huge thing. Like they had a 20 times surge on Zillow of people looking, but it didn't translate to more sales. Right. People just on there scrolling, like imagining what their life would be like. How great it would be to move here, live Mm -hmm. in this house. Oh, look at their balcony. You know, there's, so you're looking at other people's houses and coveting. If you have Zillow so that you can covet, like that, that could be a command, thou shalt not covet. Mm -hmm. So there are clear commands of scripture. Yeah. There's also convictions that we can and should develop. Mm Mm-hmm. I have some strong convictions about internet usage mm-hmm. and about internet usage for our kids. McKinley's four. We already have talked about it, Melissa and I. We have some strong convictions about what we will do in our house mm-hmm. and when kids will be allowed to have a cell phone, when they can be on the internet, and all that stuff. We have strong convictions about it. Mm-hmm. And, and we're not going to like budge on those things. You listening to this should develop your convictions on this. Okay, That doesn't take away from our freedom in Christ. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, I, we can't go on Zillow. <laughs> But let me make your conviction be like, I deleted it from my phone and I'm never going to download it again. If, mm-hmm. You know, that was your issue. Um, and, and then there's choice too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to choose to abstain for a while. I'm going to choose to do this. Or I'm going to choose to do it because it actually doesn't affect my psyche as much as it does some other people. Right. Perhaps. And there's a lot of good things about the internet. I mean, if you're, if you're one of those people who, you know, engage in our church and participate in our church online, I mean, that's awesome. Like, so you're, there's you're po- listening to us right now. That's right. You're, <laughs> you're, we are using the internet to communicate right now. So there's good things and positive things. And I think yeah. that's, I mean, choose to do those things, develop convictions about the, the best way to approach this for you and your family as you look at what the Bible does have to say about those commands. So, yeah, so I just encourage you, instead of thinking, oh my gosh, Christianity is so constrictive, mm-hmm. think, okay, is this a command? Is this a conviction or is this a choice? Mm-hmm. If other people are telling you what to do, is this a command? Is it a conviction? Is it a choice? Right. If it's a command, let's be obedient to Jesus because that's for our good, for the best we have. Convictions, those can be for our good as well. Absolutely. We those firmly. It, choices, you know, let, let's... let's acknowledge that it was just my choice at that time yeah. and I might make a different choice uh, if some other parameters were changed sure. that day. It's like deciding what I'm going to eat for lunch that day. Yeah, exactly. We, we don't need to elevate that to the level of conviction or elevate it to the level of command. So I'm hoping that this filter, if you're listening to this, can help you as you're processing in your 10,000 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I think it's freeing when you begin to think this way. Yeah, absolutely. Don't, you know... Paul says in Galatians 5.1, that it is for freedom Christ has set us free. Therefore, don't be yoked again under the yoke of slavery. That's right. Don't go back into the slavery of the law. You are in the freedom of Christ. So see the commands, <laughs> see the convictions, see the choices, and learn to differentiate them with that filter. Amen. So I hope that's helpful for your 10,000 minutes, and we'll be back next week. And uh, yeah, we're final week of the, the sermon series, Better Than You Think, this Sunday as we talk, are Christians just hateful, outdated bigots, hypocrites, uh, or, or is it better than you think? And um, we'll be back next week. Make sure you subscribe, like this podcast, share it with a friend if it was helpful at all. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. This is Sawyer Trapp again, associate pastor here at Arise Church, Denver. We want to encourage you to do three things. First is to subscribe, to make sure you're getting the podcast each and every week to help bring God into your 10,000. We'd also love it if you would share this, if you would make this not only a part of your life, but a part of somebody else's. And then finally, if you are benefited by anything that we do, either as a church or on this podcast, we would love it if you would give. 
You can do that at risedenver.com give to continue to support the mission and impact that we're having on this community and in the lives of the people of our church and those discovering us for the first time. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.